What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio. But when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, mfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. Hey, Big MX listeners. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Big MX Radio podcast. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, of course, and I wanted to uh, just take a moment to talk to you guys a little bit about this upcoming episode with Mason Collins. Mason is someone who got in touch with me over Instagram, uh, had a really interesting story, and uh, I thought that it would be really neat to tell it on the show. So uh, we brought him on, and he tells his story, and uh, I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Um, These are so much fun for me to do. I love having on uh, people who are passionate about motocross, passionate about the show, and and I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you have any uh, requests for uh, particular episodes or someone you'd like to hear from, uh, whether it be a media person, a trainer, an athlete, you name it, you can always get me on Instagram, bradgebhart88. I answer every single direct message that I get, if it's not a a spam one or something along those lines. Uh, Or you can email me at bradgebhart88 at gmail.com if you want to be a little bit more formal about it. Send me an email, send me a request, give me some feedback, let me know if uh, something's not perfect with the podcast or uh, if you something you guys want to see get better, let me know. I, uh, I'm here for you guys to, to make this thing as good as it can be and uh, more input the better. So please reach out to me. Uh, thanks to everyone who listens. Uh, thanks, of course, to our awesome sponsors. We've got uh, FMF, Fast House, uh, WUSA, um, Seat Concepts. Uh, seat bases, seat foam, seat covers. Those guys are amazing uh, and uh, a host of others. And uh, we appreciate you guys supporting them and supporting the podcast. And uh, yeah, of course, the collective experience with Dave Drakes. Dave's going to be on the show uh, next week sometime. Uh, it's been too long since we had him on, almost two weeks now. So uh, yeah, get that guy back on the show. Uh, but for now, enjoy this podcast with Mason Collins. Thanks. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by FMF. With us, I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, a very special guest goes by the name of Mason Collins. Mason, how's it going? I'm pretty good, Brad. Well, how are you doing today? Hey, not doing too bad, my friend. Uh, four, four interviews in uh, about an hour and a half's time, so or two hours' time, so uh, we're, we're, we're banging these things out. We're talking moto, and anytime I get to talk moto is a good day, so... Uh, um, You're a hard-working man. Heck yeah, <laughs> after a long day's work, fourth, uh, fourth and final interview of the evening. I thank you for joining us. Uh, I think mo- the, the biggest question on those listeners' um, minds right now is, uh, who the heck is Mason Collins? So maybe you can answer that for us. Uh, right now, man, I'm just kind of a washed-up motocrosser slash farmer, but... I'm uh, still very passionate for the f- sport and stay involved in uh, watching TV and definitely trying to talk to you on Instagram and p- <laughs> give you my inst- my input, you know, Yeah. on what's going on in the world. And that you do, you're a very good co- contributor to uh, uh, Brad Gebhardt 88 if you're not already following me on Instagram, uh, what the heck are you doing? But uh, um, absolutely. Uh, having you on uh, was a uh, is a pleasure of mine. You're a, you're a guy who's extremely talented on two wheels. Uh, at, at some point, put uh, put the throttle down a little bit, but of some some 
somewhat come back to it, maybe not the same capacity you were uh, originally, but uh, for those who don't know, you were uh, an, an accomplished amateur rider and, uh, and someone who was uh, definitely on the rise. Maybe go into kind of the earliest years of motocross for you. Yeah, I, you know, I just started out riding just like anybody else, uh, just in a backyard and finally got my race bike and started doing some local races and then started winning some local races on 85. So I got kind of a late start, but then um, I did a regional at the local track that I had been racing at and got a reality check and kind of got introduced to the amateur scene you know I, I was just doing the local stuff and Barsha come over there and showed me <laughs> how to ride I thought I was good at the time <laughs> but and then uh I did had to decide whether to do another year 85 and try to do the Loretta bill or go and do C class so I ended up going to doing that and actually did pretty well I whole shotted my first moto uh, led the first couple of laps and tensed up. Ended up with the uh, tenth overall with a, uh, I think it was a uh, five thirty two four, <laughs> a classic C score. Wow, but, there you uh, go. Yeah, no doubt. Like uh, yeah, a little bit inconsistent, some might say. Yeah, I'm sure the other people's weren't much better, but I <laughs> uh, ended up getting the opportunity to ride with champion. Cycles KTM, the team that was pretty accomplished. They uh, helped the likes of Jason Anderson. And, right, and uh, Anderson raced for them uh, as an amateur, uh, as well as Tevin yeah, Tappy, if I don't he's if rocking the Vulcan helmet. Right. Daniel Baker was a pretty good... Uh, they had some studs, and I felt pretty confident, and that was my peak of my racing career there once... I signed with them, um, got to do all the nationals that year when Oak Hill was going and stuff, qualified for Loretta's, and, um... That was through the B-class or still C-class? This is Schoolboy. Okay. Yeah, this is both the Schoolboys, and I I took a pretty good leap up. Like, I was still running top 10 in the Schoolboys. I took, because I got to train at Zach Osborne's farm every day for three, four months straight. You know, it was while he was overseas. He wasn't there, but uh, I was getting to train at some really good facilities and getting the proper training to be successful. Right. And went to Ponca, was already qualified for Loretta's, and that's when Ponca was the week before Loretta's. Um, ran practice, got a phone call my mother was with me that they couldn't find my dad, which was, wasn't really wow. out of the ordinary. He would kind of disappear for a couple of days. He liked to party a little bit. Okay. <laughs> so we, we thought it might just be something normal, but I, in my gut, I just knew something wasn't right. So I went ahead and called my girlfriend who was my wife at the time. And I was like, something's just not right. I feel weird about it, you know? And ended up getting a call after practice that he had passed away. And um, that pretty much was the end of my motocross career. I couldn't bring myself to race Loretta's the next week. Mm. 
I, I, and that's it, completely understandable, of course, this being kind of a timely thing with, uh, with um, Ryan Villapoto's dad passing away uh, recently, yeah. very sad, and um, like, and, and thoughts and prayers with his family. Um, that must have affected you quite severely, given the fact that, uh, like, he's like he's your dad of, of first and foremost, and and clearly was probably uh, uh, on the sidelines quite a bit uh, teaching you how to ride dirt bike. Yeah, definitely. I commend Villapoto for even going to ride. He's going to still do the Aussie uh, Open. Mm-hmm. I can't believe he's really going to do that because I couldn't. I just wasn't mentally prepared. I just felt like I wasn't going to be there. You know. Right. Absolutely. No, you'd be, just be uh, completely beside yourself. I I couldn't imagine losing a parent. Um. So, uh, like, like. Basically, lock, stock, and barrel. Um, you end up putting de- t- putting dirt bikes down. Like, um, like, did you have? Like, obviously, you, like, your dad was uh, very active within your motocross career growing up. Like, what were some of your fondest memories of having your dad around um, during your career? And obviously, uh, um, that uh, that was a, a big hurt when uh, when he wasn't there anymore. Yeah, he um, he actually wasn't the typical motocross dad like the you think about the 50 dads like mm-hmm. yelling at his kids you know yeah i i can remember the one time that he got onto me for not riding good and i guess i deserved it <laughs> you must but have it was at a, it was at a regional and um it was at a track i was familiar with and i just wasn't feeling it that day and and i wasn't doing a jump it was real rutted i wasn't hitting it and he was like man you do this you ride this track like all the time got on to me i went out there and rode pissed off and ended up doing pretty well but that was the only time he had to do that well there you go so um and, stepping away from dirt bikes obviously uh you're like basically saying goodbye to two of your loves obviously you, your dad going away and uh um and, and having to put down dirt bikes or just deciding to uh what was it about being around the track that uh, affected you so much, just um, that attachment to it. Obviously, motocross is a very emotional sport. Yeah, you're, you're talking about with my dad. Yeah, it was just with your dad, and then when he was gone, like not being able to continue. Yeah, riding I just I couldn't even do it at the time. You know, I even had a chance to get to go to the nationals because the champion cycle team I rode for at the time they had a supercross and then national team and i just couldn't bear myself to do it i think uh being homeschooled all the way through high school affected that a little bit too because once i got home and started hanging out with my friends you know and i I think i found my comfort in my friends instead of dirt bike at that time okay fair enough so um yeah go ahead no but eventually i mean it definitely turned around. I, like I said, I've got a cheaper bike offered to me. I went to college, you know, got a cheaper bike offered to me and uh, started riding again. And, I mean, it released me, you know. I felt like a new man. It, it, I mean, compared to the old where I was waking up, training, riding, watching my bike, prepping the track, going to sleep, and doing the same thing every day. Then I got to just go pop willies 
it just it brought my love back for the sport definitely and that's why I'm back trying to get back on the scene a little bit just we uh me and my buddy we make some riding videos just for fun and uh post them on the gram a little bit and he's at 2j array if you want to give him a follow okay but other than that man uh it, it really it it messed me up pretty good but I, it took me a minute to get back to the love of the sport but i'm back now we're gonna do whatever we want and if you're cool with it you're cool with it if you're not and we're still gonna do the thing just let go put our middle fingers up with a smile and let it roll it's not just go out there and train to be number one because it's more losers and winners in this world i grew up in newhall that was 805 i got into this can i said that is a badass fucking can the beer's even better inside we have a band of brothers. They're different. They just like to have a good time and live life, have fun, and kill it. Fast house is nothing but fun. We all want to feel good. The average guy can go out there, throw down. I do it my way, and it's all that matters. not easy to do this shit. My girl's looking at me to support her and i am got a broken leg from dirt bike. You see a lot of people that fall out of it. It's all so based on results and being the winner. That mentality of the 60s, 70s, that's what we try to do is bring that back where it's not so serious. I don't really like the super competitiveness of it. I like to bring something that's more lighthearted. Probably all serious about it at one point and kind of realizing let's just have fun. That's what my old man did, and it just really resonated with me riding a dirt bike on that fine line of glory and disaster. Throw your leg over a bike and haul ass across the desert and feel free. 90% of people that own a motorcycle go out on the weekends and they just want to have fun. Can't ever take that for granted. Two wheels till the wheels fall off, man. Once I feel like you become a man, you know, you get off the track and you're exhausted. Just ice cold beer, just nothing sounds better than that. This Fast House crew is going to break the mold how it used to be and maybe even then some. Since 1973, FMF has been about getting more out of riding motorcycles. More power. More wins, more fun. For 39 years, we've been rolling up our sleeves, building our factory, engineering and manufacturing the world's finest performance exhausts. Innovation and American craftsmanship makes FMF today's leader in performance. 
Fair enough. Well, uh, most people don't stray too long from the sport. It's a uh, a passion based sport, and we we have a hard time putting it down. Um, wh- what do you love following the the most about motocross? Uh, what is it that pulled you back? And uh, and now that you're enjoying it again, uh, do you continue to ride? Uh, and might we ever see you at uh, at a race like this last weekend? It was the uh, World Vet National Championships? Uh, motocross in Glen Helen. Might you uh, take part in that someday? Uh, that would be a long drive for me, but I do plan on uh, doing the amateur Supercross at Nissan Stadium in Tennessee this year. Okay. Uh, but something that brought me back, just I, I love just the old videos, the old crusty videos. Mm-hmm. They, they get me pumped and make me want to ride, you know, and that's how I kind of my buddy makes them now too <laughs> we just have fun and we'll just go shovel a jump and hang out and it's about the camaraderie and not all about the competition for sure the, a, a real fast house approach to it my friend not always about the the race results yeah. but maybe uh uh looking good having fun and uh and maybe a cold beer to go along with it that's important that Last one is definitely key. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So um, you, you mentioned that you're you're doing some farming, and uh, and you also have uh, some kids in tow on your vacation right now. Um, like uh, how, like what, what what do you farm? Where do you farm? And uh, any chance that we're going to see uh, some little Collins uh, racing at some point? Well, I just had a little girl, so unless she does uh, the women national, which I'm hoping she's not. Uh, she's not going to be racing anytime soon. Right. But yeah, I just cattle, I just do farm cattle. Okay. Uh, which is pretty strenuous, you know, it keeps me busy for sure. But I plan on having a couple more little ones and hopefully one day, maybe here in about 20 years, uh, there'll be a champion Collins. Heck yeah, absolutely. We'll see you back in the paddock at some point. Who are some of your favorite racers that you look up to? Um, Are you a Supercross guy? You're an outdoor guy? And uh, cool to see that you're going to line up for the amateur Supercross. That uh, Supercross features or futures uh, thing is catching fire big time. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a pretty cool opportunity. But uh, I like all the guys like that was Josh Hansen. Uh, of course, I'm a Jason Anderson fan because I used to ride on that team and I always root for Zach. Uh, let's see. Dean. Anybody? What do you think Dean's going to do this year? I don't know, man. I'm hoping he figures out something, but that Earl video was hilarious. Wasn't <laughs> it? That's good stuff. I don't think anybody was expecting that. <laughs> I don't think so either. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I just I kind of like the out there guys now, the Devin Durham's, and there's not many left really. <laughs> no, no personalities. Not. No, we're 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 running low on personalities a little bit. I think that's uh, due to just how much pressure uh, and and with more dollars uh, that are available at the top. Uh, and honestly, like we talked about off air, a big disparagement. Between that, like uh, a guy who's winning um, versus a guy who's even getting just outside the top five, we're talking completely different numbers as far as uh, wages are concerned. So um, guys are pretty serious about their programs nowadays. There's a lot of secrecy. 
has a lot you see a whole lot less uh uh video edits like you'd see in in steel roots and those videos back in the day and whatnot but uh Definitely. um like there there are there are some some serious uh um like athletes within the sport that are cool to look up to and i'm glad to glad to hear that you do in fact do that and uh yeah i i think i might be coming down for uh the nashville round uh for supercross so maybe we'll have to link up and have one of those cold beers we talked about definitely maybe one or two <laughs> maybe maybe two or five but uh, uh, uh even better <laughs> <laughs> absolutely so what kind of bike do you have what do you uh, what are you riding these days man i just bought the works edition Honda. Uh, Honda. Nice. Yeah, I just bought the new Works Edition one. It's uh, from, from going from uh, 09 RMZ 450 to that is uh, it's a pretty nice change. <laughs> okay. Lots of change on the bikes. They don't even have Kickstarters anymore when no. they do that. Push, push button start. <laughs> uh, set it I don't and to turn the gas it. on. Yeah, absolute yeah. whole shot, the whole nine yards. Then I turn the gas on, I'm like, what in the world? Yeah, there you go. All my pre-race rituals are just straight out the door. <laughs> yeah. I, I would be surprised <laughs> if, you, if you even saw a couple of guys, like a guy like Reed, who's been around long enough to have had to turn the, turn the, uh, uh, the gas on, to let that still be part of their ritual to like reach down there and, I don't know, maybe adjust nothing at all. But uh, most yeah, house races are. It was always one of my. It's something to definitely check. I feel like <laughs> you don't want to yeah. go on a track with that off. Well, I still race two strokes, so it's part, still part of my pre-race ritual. But uh, yeah, I've got a 125 from uh, KTM days sitting oh, in the nice. barn. I'm waiting to kind of. What year is that thing? Restore a little bit. Uh, I guess that'd have been '09. is when I stopped. Nice. So, yeah, that's be that'd be a sweet. And then I still have my mod, my mod 250F for. The schoolboy for Loretta's that year. Really, I, I'm thinking about just yeah draining the draining the liquids and hanging it up in the future. Yes, maybe if the old wife will let me get away with it, the house. <laughs> yeah, I hey, I I think that that bike would uh, should definitely be on display in the household for sure. She'll be listening to this. <laughs> nice, man. Uh, cool man. I'm well, in the doghouse. Uh, so like uh, like. After like sort of like, you don't really totally ever get over uh, a situation like that with your your dad passing, but uh, now when you're able to ride, um, do you, do you kind of like th- think back to him a little bit? Is that something that you can guys can kind of like that you can connect with your your feelings towards your dad and stuff like that? Like is that kind of like you can Definitely, take yeah. negative into a positive? Because I didn't really I didn't get to say goodbye. You know, I'm saying I was gone, so that somewhat. I somewhat connect with them while I'm riding, but I, mm-hmm. that's one of the only places I do. You know, I, I don't really feel a connection at the gravesite like some others might. Yeah. But more when I'm on the farm or riding, definitely. That's cool. I could probably I could send you a picture. I, he uh, taught me how to ride ride a clutch when I was like five. Five years <laughs> old. Wow. Yeah, I wish I would have started that young. Time. I didn't start till I was about nine. Well, I had an XR50 when I was like five, and then I, I just uh, moved my way up on bikes like that. I had a TTR90 and then an XR100. Nice. And then uh, I went and watched my buddy Brent, the one that I told you used to race with Jacob and Jacob Mays, and then and uh, went to the arena cross, and he was jumping the catapult, and everybody was just wigging out on him, you know, because he was 
one of the best amateurs at the time, and I was getting to hang out in the pits, and it just, I was like, dude, I got to get a race bike and start racing. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's awesome, man. Uh, the, good to see you come back to the fray. We're glad to have you. Uh, glad to hear that you've got the fast house mentality. And if you don't have fast house gear, we're gonna have to do something about that. But uh, I already do. You need to give me the hookup. I need to hook you <laughs> up, absolutely, my friend. But uh, yeah, Mason Collins here on the Big MX Radio podcast. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show, man. I'm glad we were able to uh, tell your story, and uh, we'll be looking for your results at the uh, the Tennessee round of uh, the, the Supercross Futures. Yeah, it's great talking to you, Brad. I appreciate you having me on and uh, yeah. letting me get my story out there. I hope I did a decent job. It's been a while since I've had to uh, talk public, publicly, but uh, maybe we'll catch up and have those beers in Nashville. Absolutely. You can pencil me in for those. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, thanks again for coming on the show. Uh, a huge, huge like uh, pleasure of mine to have you on. Just talk some dirt bikes. Uh, you know what you're talking about. You're passionate about it. So that was cool, man. And uh, yeah, I, the pleasure is all mine. All right, Brad. I, thank you so much again. You have a good one. You as well. Don't hang up just yet. But for, but for podcast sake, we'll cut it off right there. <laughs>